Welcome to the Legendarium. What do you guys want to talk about? They all pull out their phones like, yeah. oh, shh, I gotta, I gotta pull up something quick. quick. Look, look smart. <laughs> look for a keyword. Look for a keyword. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Legendarium Podcast. This is episode number 148, the sixth of the dusk. I am Craig Hanks, your host, and over there, he's lamer than a busted-up horse and twice as likely to be shot by a grumpy farmer. It's Ken Johnson. I am going to leave you in a death ant mound. <laughs> All right. And she's odder than a pile of 13s and even less lucky. It's Megan Smythe. I got nothing. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> hey. yeah. And he is most definitely not Groot. It's Ryan Bruckman. <laughs> I can say more than four words, but that's it. Yeah, right. And my math is good because he says three. Oh, way to start it. So <laughs> now now that we're now that we're starting the podcast proper, I will once again welcome everybody, uh, especially everybody on the YouTube feed. Right now we are simultaneously recording a podcast and we are live broadcasting it on YouTube for a channel called The Blue Shifting. If you want to look that up there's no no spaces the blue shifting if i'm getting that name right and uh letters from the cosmere might be a name that more of you are familiar with uh, that's the channel that runs letters from the cosmere and we are live uh recording an episode for them or with them and we're not doing this for no reason first of all that channel is awesome Second of all, it's actually for charity. There are a few things you can do during this hour if you are watching live, and quite frankly, you can probably do it afterwards as well. Uh, if you're listening to this a few days from now, there is a link in the uh, in the live feed. If you go down into the description, there's a link to give to uh, to pledge to uh, a charity, and uh, the name of it honestly is escaping me at the moment, and I apologize for that. But it's. Uh, they get books into the hands of students in inner city Chicago, if I'm recalling it correctly. Um, there, there's the GoFundMe. In fact, let me just pull this up. I know that this isn't going to be very, this isn't going to be very interesting for everybody to watch, but there is. Oh, hey, things are looking good. When I checked a couple hours ago, it was at like 450. Now we're at 722 out of a $5,000 goal. And uh, so Jordan has set this up. It's the Cosmere Community Charity Event 2017. And you can read all about it on that page. And one of the things that you can do, it's not just getting books into the hands of kids who don't have access to a lot of them. Uh, you can also do this for very, very selfish reasons. There are these, uh, these coins, uh, Shire Mint, or I, I can't remember the name of it, but they're making Mistborn coins. <laughs> And uh, they've got this wicked cool design where they've got an era one and an era two coin. And the era one has the Lord Ruler and Credit Shaw on it. Oh, that's awesome. And then the, uh, the, the era two one has, um, it has Vin on one side. I can't remember what they call her in era two. Do you remember? The, 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 the ascendant the, uh, the ascendant warrior ascendant warrior, warrior. Yeah. so it has her on one side and then the uh, the building that represents the first bank of uh, blah 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 whatever I can't remember the name the first but, bank of Scadrill sure I, I don't know uh, anyway but they're wicked cool I, I was watching the feed a little bit earlier today and, and he ran a video and they're very cool coins anyway the point is each person every hour during this drive the person who gives the most during that hour uh, wins a coin. I think it's the era one coin. I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, these coins aren't even like being minted in a serious way yet. They've got the machines all set up and ready to go, but they're, they're going to be running a, a, not a GoFundMe. What do you call that when you have to reach the goal? Kickstarter? Kickstarter. They're running a Kickstarter later this month. And so the, like these coins aren't even close to out yet. Uh, and you can get your hands on one. So make sure you hit up that uh, if, that Facebook, or sorry, not Facebook, the uh, YouTube feed. Go to the description and uh, give during this hour if you're watching us live. I apologize to everybody. I uh, should have put it back on our faces. Here we are again. So now that that is taken care of, I also want to remind everybody... Um, of patreon.com slash legendarium which is where you can go to support us we are also in need of charity 
not nearly as bad as inner city Chicago youth, but charity therapy. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things we could use right now. <laughs> uh, I spent the last few hours and, and Ryan and Ken came and saw it. I spent the last, spent the last few hours out in the workshop in my backyard, clearing it out and just taking out all these moldy old like shelves and, and pegboards and stuff. And that place you guys can vouch for this is a hole. And it's going to take a lot of work. I hope you did a before right, picture. Didn't you, I did. Didn't you I did. put okay. it on Reddit? Uh, I, well, I posted a little video on Reddit yeah. that you can go check out. Reddit.com or thelegendarium.reddit.com is where you can go check that out. You have to do the eyebrow bounce when you, when you type <laughs> it in. Otherwise, it'll take you to an error 404. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, you can go there and check out the video. I also did a, a panoramic shot yesterday before I started really ripping stuff out in earnest. Mm -hmm. And so I'll do a couple of those as we go. And, and, uh, the bottom line, but the new legendarium studios, is new, look awesome. new windows are ordered. Uh, we're going to do new doors here pretty soon. And then we're going to bug, bug bomb the bejeebers out of that thing. <laughs> so anyway, uh, I think we've spun our wheels quite as much as long we can. enough uh so I, i'll say it once again I, I said it on the youtube feed i'll say it for the listeners also uh general spoiler alert, spoiler alert for the cosmere if you are still making your way through mistborn if you're making your way through stormlight uh we are going to spoil the crap out of everything uh turn around now the only thing we're not spoiling is oathbringer uh previews that are being released on tor.com so that's because we're avoiding them too. Yeah, exactly. We don't know them yet, yeah. and so yeah, whatever. Um, Ryan, did you get the uh, YouTube feed up so you can monitor for questions? I believe Ken had. Ken, it. you've got yep. it. I'm on it. Okay, if anything comes up, you interrupt us and let us know. Oh, I will. Okay, all right. Just like you normally do. Yep. Uh, well, uh, or as we like to call it, Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so today we are discussing sixth O the dusk. And I was really, really... Did you buy a UK copy and get yeah, an Irish version or something? <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Uh, it is a short story in the Arcanum Unbounded collection. I mean, it's yes. been published in a couple of places now. But the remarkable thing... I, I didn't write an intro for this one. I didn't write an explainer or anything. I just want to mention the mark, remarkable thing about this is that it is, in fact, a short story. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 It's a one-off. I was blown away. He's written a couple others. You go read um, uh, what's what's the one? The other Elantris one? Uh, Emperor's Soul. Emperor's oh, Soul. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You read the Emperor's Soul, and you're like, oh, it's just a little book. Yeah. Uh, that's not a that's not a short story. It's a novella. It's right? a novella. Same mm -hmm. thing with uh, Edge Dancer. Is that the yes, name of it? Edge yeah. Dancer. That one's that one's a decent sized novella, actually. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. the other one was Shadows for Silence, which isn't too terribly long but still you get quite a meaty story with that one this one is very much wham bam thank you ma'am van damme yeah. this one feels a lot like it almost feels like a writing exercise like he was warming up exactly. to do something well, and so he's like okay i gotta this felt, i gotta work this magic system in, in a different way so i'm gonna write a totally different world dealing with not necessarily a full shard, but probably a splinter of a shard, right. is my guess. Right. If, uh, well, and it's interesting that he ends it the way he does most of his stories, where it's it, it could be the beginning of a larger story if he wanted to tell it, yeah. but it actually is a self-contained story. If yeah. you uh, if, if you will, it, uh, it feels like a writing exercise because it actually, this book actually started as a writing exercise. This mm -hmm. was, it was uh, generated off of Brandon Sanderson's Writing Excuses podcast. They, they actually brainstormed the book there and then read it and then they had a little uh writer's workshop two little writer's workshops where dan wells and and mary <laughs> and howard would critique and workshop the book and then later he wrote it for a uh for an anthology that they all put together called shadows beneath which if you haven't read it read have it. you read the whole thing i haven't okay. i haven't read the whole thing but i've read uh little pieces of what originally was six of the dusk and things that he's changed since then and it's interesting how how the book has evolved from podcast where I first heard it and and um, uh, workshop and then and then to see what it is now because they they have changed a few things along the way. And I think a lot of people miss that because this is actually I could argue the point 
this is probably the least liked story in the Cosmere right now. Yeah, I which I found that. really interesting. I, I was yeah. reading up a little bit about it. Uh, by the way, you guys, this was, I was so tickled. I finished the story yesterday and I was finally able to go to the 17th shard. <laughs> <laughs> for the first time in my life. And welcome, so, welcome. Because now everything welcome is on to the, the table. Anyway, but yeah, so I was, I was kicking around on the 17th shard. And yeah, people were just crapping all over this story. And look. I get it. We're look we're we're used to a certain Sanderson style, yeah. which is detailed, long-winded. Uh, long-winded has a negative connotation. Long, yeah. we'll just say long, and and this was not it. This was very much a vignette. It was yeah. just a piece of a story that he he kind of it. It feels like he just he had this huge long book and he started at one chapter and he ended at the end of that chapter. You know. Yeah, so anyway, so I, I get why people would say, well, I'm used to this from Brandon. I wanted more of this. And this is a different thing. I didn't hate it, though. I, I, I would have changed a few things, but I thought it was fun. Well, I read it the first time a couple of months ago and did not like it. And I read it this time looking at it saying, why did I not like it? And picked out a whole lot of the things that Brandon did differently. Like, first of all, it is a very contained story. And it's basically an island that is trying to kill him. So it's always <laughs> high level, high stress. And yeah. you have this character who doesn't like talking to people. And um, then you have, you bring in another character who happens to be a woman who is infringing on his territory. And we never get to really know anything about her. She doesn't have a personality. She's not allowed to have a personality because it's all from the brain of Dusk. Um, and that's not where his mind goes necessarily with people's personalities. Um, and making those kind of observations. And so I, I... Yeah, one of the things is that he just really concentrates on this very internal character who is very irritated all the time. And so I end up reading the story and feeling irritated all the time. Irritated and nervous. Ken, what did you think of it? Like it or, or love it? I Because like, Ken likes everything. It's just whatever. If, if Brandon Sanderson does it, I will love it. I mean, that's that's just the way it is. But that's I, a sad, It's a sad way to live your life. That's not. Uh, you, you don't have very discriminating taste, do you? Well, as long as it's Sanderson, no. <laughs> Honestly, I, I looked at this book differently because I, I knew what it was and what it wasn't. It wasn't everybody complaining about, well, this isn't like the others. That's that's exactly the point of the book. Yeah. It wasn't. A, it didn't start out as a book. It started out as an exercise, and uh, to to make the story from an exercise is kind of neat to to me. I, I think it's interesting to see how he he put things together and and. Reading the story itself, I, I found was fun because he and I kind of share an affinity for Polynesian culture and, and island culture, and so I think that's neat. And the the whole wave finding and um, living a solitary life it, that all resonated with me because secretly in the back of my mind, I'd love to be able to do that. You're about to sing Moana, aren't you? <laughs> in my head, I'm already there. Way, <laughs> so, but you know, like like a very Walden type. Uh, life where you're on your own living deliberately and all of that. So I think those are, those are kind of neat. Uh, so, so yes, I liked the book, but I liked the, the writing process of the book even more, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Jake, Jake, the Hawk, as he is known on, on the, uh, on the web zones, uh, agrees with you. He is a man of non-discriminating taste, hence his, uh, love of the legendary podcast. Exactly. Yeah, we don't alienate need our listenership they, by <laughs> thank you for not being too choosy by crapping on those with indiscriminate taste. So. <laughs> Scott Scott uh, Comets, I'm sorry if I butchered that name. He pointed out it's kind of like Predator. Uh, you think it's a war movie until a killer alien randomly pops up 75 percent into the movie. LOL. <laughs> I can I can get on board with that. I, I, if the Predator. Had a parrot on its shoulder the whole time. Two. Well, you know, it kind of did, and it had. It was that thing that with the three dots, and it would just blow people's heads off. It was very parrot-like. I see. I see. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while Cuck since up. I have been. <laughs> Probably want to die. Uh, maybe a... we shouldn't go into video. This is turning us. <laughs> this is making us weird. This is bad, bad, bad. Okay, just don't gonna, think about I'm going to use Scott again to get back to the actual book. He he points out that um, the part he likes is that you think it's a primitive culture story until it ends, and all of a sudden it takes a, a during Mistborn era four, which is sci-fi twist to it, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden, yeah, you think this is a primitive a primitive thing, and then the woman shows up. Bathi, Bathi's her name. 
uh, Vati shows up and then you realize it's more kind of like a Tarzan 18th century type man in the wild story. And then they get back to their camp and you find this machine and they're constantly Spaceships. talking about the ones above and all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah, spaceship. Hello. So we don't really know where to put this. Uh, uh, Brandon Sanderson said it was uh, the most forward story in the yeah. Cosmere. So Forward meaning? In the timeline. Timeline for this, for oh, this okay. down the road. Yeah, yeah. that um, makes sense. I figured uh, there's this whole kind of side story, backstory. It's the, I guess it's the tapestry against which right. all this takes place. On this world, there are the trappers, and that's Sixth of the Dusk. He, he is a trapper, mm -hmm. and he runs into Vathi, who is uh, a scholar from the cities, uh, yes. from the mainland. And in turn, so so she's kind of technologically and, and uh, culturally a yeah. step above him, right? And then above her, these people are constantly getting visited by the ones above, if I'm getting that name yeah. right. Yeah. And I immediately said, oh, yeah, it's the folks from Skadriel, right? Gotta be. You would think That's so. what I would thought, yeah. Because, I, I mean, there there are other ways to travel the Cosmere, but they're the only ones who we've been kind of explicitly told develop spaceships. And so to be the ones from above. Or have some it, sort of travel like that. Yeah. Right. I will yeah. say I was a little disappointed when they got to the lake and nobody came out of it. Like, <laughs> just randomly Rock appearing. monster, rock monster, here we go. <laughs> nobody threw a sword at him. So that nope. that is what I was thinking of. They, they, they're they running through the jungle, which really makes me want to sing a song, but I won't. Thank you. <laughs> they're running through the jungle and they, they're trying to escape these terrifying deathy beasts behind them and they make their way up to this lake at the top of the river and it's totally a what do they call those things like a splintery shardy lake where a uh, shard pool shard pool yeah right. it's like four feet deep yeah. seriously wit should be stepping out of it and making some kind of random comment and then disappearing <laughs> i'm sure he will oh this isn't where i wanted to be so <laughs> what you don't realize is at this point because it's so far forward hoyt is actually a bird Hoyt right. <laughs> was he's totally Sack. Yeah. He's sack, yeah. Sack the bird. <laughs> he's the I one showing just, his death. I thought you just said Hoyt Sack. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused, personally. Like, you know, That's a part of the well Cosmere we don't write and read about very much. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so explain to me, Ryan, I'm calling on you because you know things. I, Megan probably knows as well, but yeah, I know you know. Investiture takes what form in this world? Help, help me through the magic system here. Explain it from start to finish, the magic. This is a little bit tougher to on this world than in others because in most cases, the investiture has kind of taken root in a person or um, you access it via runes or whatever. This one, it seems to be through the, and I'm just going to say, it's the avia, aviots? AVRs. The AVRs. AVRs. They seem to, the aviats, the aquanauts, the, the birds, <laughs> the birds. Yeah, it's basically the birds have have this connection, and so these people have taken to keeping these birds close to them. And we, one of the things you start to recognize is if you've read the Mistborn series, if you've read and you're you're familiar with Investiture, um, you start to notice the similarities between the other pieces of the metals and things like that that you see. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure how to describe how it works on this world. Because you're accessing it through a connection to another being. The closest thing I have is the um, Elantris. The Aeons. The oh, Aeons. The Aeons. Uh, Aeons. See that? Dropping the Cosmere knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's the Aeons or um, a connection similar to Syl and Kaladin or, or one of those uh, oh, okay. setups. Well, in this case, the we're, we're given. Oh, oh. Are, are the maggots the Spren or whatever they're called? Apparently. The worms. They're I don't know. Worm Spren. <laughs> I would I would be inclined to to agree with it, but this is one of the things that's difficult about Sixth of Dusk is Brandon hasn't spent a ton of time, or and any. a lot of people haven't really got taken the time to be like, okay, yeah. we need to really work out what is going on in this story because most people are just like, yeah, read it, I'm good. So, well, I know some people have taken it very seriously thanks to my first dip into the Seventeenth Shard. <laughs> yes, but but yeah, there's not enough info. He didn't give enough to. to we be don't able have to the say. community that's building around and trying to figure it out and piecing together and throwing theories that we have around the rest of the Cosmere. Um, but... Well, and and it's interesting because um, Dusk reveals this secret to Vathi, and then um, and, and he's like, "This changes everything. This whole way of life is going to be different." And then that is is almost immediately superseded by. 
the threat from the ones above so that mm. we don't get to explore like are people going to start eating these parasites are they going to get some of these powers is that going to start spreading around where different people have different powers based on which island they live on or i don't know oh that was that was one of my question takeaways from the book no, because the, the way the whole thing works is they they everybody wants the birds because the birds carry the magic then it turns out well the birds on on uh patchy carry the magic mm -hmm. because they eat the worms that come from the tree that is magic when they're so little it's, so it's yeah so it's all of this it's all of this symbiosis this parasite it's not a parasitical cycle it's a it is a very mm. parasite Paras based yes, parasitic yes. not parasitical parasitical ken you're making us sound bad okay it's the... and we don't need you to do that for us <laughs> that's right we you, don't just need, you don't need my help so. <laughs> that's right so the trees the trees have the magic and they drop the fruit and the worms live in the fruit and then the birds eat the worms and then the people take the birds and it's this you know, well, here, here was, here was my question from it though, is right. when, at what point do the humans go, well, we don't need the birds and they just start yeah, eating the worms. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Or the fruit. <laughs> would the that, fruit that would have be a the magic? Tastier, probably. <laughs> I've got some apples in my backyard right now that would be perfect for this. Uh, okay. So there was a question from Jared Gibbs yep. on the, on the YouTubes. All right. He asks why the prohibition on trading between the ones above and the people on world. Now we, we know it was the ones above who said we have a policy, no mm -hmm. trading. Sorry, you're screwed. But why, why would they do this? Uh, his, his follow-up was assuming that the ones above are from Skadriel then what development of culture would prompt this sort of prohibition? This makes me think that the ones above might not be from Skadriel. I disagree. I actually think that that there's an even better chance now. And, yeah. well, actually, I don't know. I don't know about a better chance. But let me throw this out there. Why, why do they develop this? Well, what does a prohibition on uh, interfering remind us of? The, the prime, prime directive. directive. Jake the Hawk mentions no, it right not there. The prime directive. <laughs> well, that's okay. That's, that's what, what it reminded of. me of. That's, that's what, what we went to. They went yes. to, and that's what Jake the Hawk Fine. went to. Star you know, Trek is prime here, directive but... thing. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Todd's not here, so all references to Star Trek are hereby verboten. Prohibited. Uh, are you saying inside of the Cosmere? Inside itself? the Cosmere, <laughs> there is a letter uh, that is written, uh, and it's it makes up the uh, what do you call those things? The chapter headings. Yeah. In, Stormlight. Oh, is yeah. it Hoyd's letter? In which are you talking? The one from Hoyd to no. The other the one, one back says, "We hope that you will join us in our policy of non-intervention." If I'm yeah. remembering correctly, yeah. uh, so that's what that reminds me of. Now, who is talking to Hoyd? I don't know that we did. We ever was get that, that answer? It's, was that Chris? Chris is that their name? Who the the one who writes the, the girl from White Sand? No, no, the one no, who no. writes the the headings, no. the prologues in. Uh, uh, the Arcanum Bundle. Yes, sorry, that's that's Chris. But this, the letter is not Chris. The letter okay. we know that the letter. Well, as much as we do know right now, and I put this in air quotes, and because there's video, I can do that. Um, <laughs> the letter is between Hoyd and, and I'm spacing his name right now, but it is from the Dragon. I keep wanting to say Dragon Lance, but I don't think that's right. It's from the first book that Brandon wrote of the Cosmere that that's hasn't not, been published. That's not Nas, right? No, that I made don't. the maps. No, Naj, no. no. This is this is a character you have not encountered in other Cosmere pieces. Quick, other somebody than this. save us on YouTube. Tell <laughs> us what that book was. Drag, dragon. I, I should have. I needed to do a. It was a, from Dragon. Uh, it was the Dragon from Dragon Steel from dragon the planet Yolan. Frost wrote the return letter. Frost wrote. Dragon Steel. Yeah. yeah, From the planet Yolan. Yep. Okay. Yes. Thanks right. to Jared, which Scott supposedly is the closest. If I remember I love, correctly, I love being the experts that everybody looks to. By yes. the way, it's a lot of fun. I love having people. I got three hours in. of sleep. I'm, can... I'm really, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> but um, I think that and and Yolan is actually, if I remember correctly, the, the one that was closest to the event that split the shards that um, that sent everything that created the this whole Cosmere yeah. setup. Um, so they are really. They are the highest level, as far from what we can do so far, the highest level of characters in terms of they would be the ones actually interacting with Odin because they are the group that was the people who took the shards. Right. The ones who went and broke apart a god, basically. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess this all brings me back to why don't they trade with 
uh, people. Do we know what this planet is called? Yes. <laughs> the Dramanad so, system. Somebody, does. <laughs> it's somebody called, does is what you're saying. It's called First of the Sun, right? It's in the Dramanad system? Yeah. Oh, but, okay. That, maybe, eh, that makes sense. Anyway, so I guess my question is, what does that tell us about why they don't trade with the people on this planet? Didn't they say at the end of the book, or didn't didn't, uh, didn't Dusk kind of... Can't posited, call it a book. It's a story. Story. Yeah. Didn't Dusk kind of posit it out that it's basically they're doing what the civilized people are doing with the birds, where they're they're grooming this land to take the birds to use the birds to for their for their commerce and use, and that's what the that's what the aliens, the ones above, are doing with the machinery. It's like once you figure out the machinery, now we can start taking from you like oh, you're taking technically from, yeah, break our from the land there's a little bit of an under narrative here that i know a couple people i read they were really irritated by it this whole concept that the the whole the mainlanders and... took advantage of the trappers like they're taking advantage of the lower cultures there and then the ones above are taking are, are taking advantage of them yeah and so some of it's just a matter of we're more important than you we're not going to help you get up here unless it's beneficial to us it could be that i actually do like the concept of the prime directive too in there as well saying yeah. we don't want to we don't want to introduce some of the things that we have down here or it's entirely possible that investiture for them does not work the same way so the things that they would see on their ships or things like that they can't do right they yeah. couldn't be a part of uh well scott wins the game scott comments says they could be from skadriel says it always regretted making life too easy for the era to Folks. Right. He wanted them to struggle and develop their own technology instead of being handed it. Um, Which is a good point, by the way, in uh, Bands of Mourning, don't they point out we should be much farther ahead than yeah, we are? Yeah, that's how we find out about Yeah, and that's how, it, that's how it... Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, I'm planting my flag in this one. The ones above are from Skadriel, and uh, that theory has been solved. I like it. <laughs> there you go. Well done. You As go. if it were signed by Brandon himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Is that like the mic drop? The hat put that, on? Yeah. Yeah, we're not dropping these next. Uh, this is going to be so confusing to anybody who's not watching on YouTube, by the way. But, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think I should be able to put a link up, by the way. When we, the when internet I post, does work that way. When I post, post the episode, I just I hope I can get the right timestamp because this feed has been going all day. Right. And so anyway, I'll try to get the right timestamp and, and I'll put a link up so that if you want to watch this and you didn't get a chance to watch it live, you can go do that anyway. Oh. Why? Why would you do that to yourself, people? <laughs> Listen, usually listening to us is enough. Yeah, exactly. The Swedish prison system now has a solitary <laughs> confinement material. It's going to be like in Clockwork Orange where they're keeping their eyes open, making Ugh. them watch the legendary. so you could throw everybody in the same room, but just have one of the AVRs with them so that you can't sense anybody else around you? I think I missed that part. Oh. Oh, <laughs> you totally did. Every what? every face in this room, I every mind went. <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm but... sorry. I was just thinking about. I mean, going back to my comment at the beginning about how like nothing is safe and everything is so uncomfortable in this world. Um, the fact that they can't even like their emotions can betray them, and the fact that they're yeah. alive and they're conscious and they're thinking of things like the. Everything uh, on this island is designed to kill you. Yeah, well, and a lot of the creatures can sense your thoughts, can, which is why these birds are so useful, because otherwise they would get eaten. I used to want... Terrible way. I, I had this vision. I was like, oh, you know what would be so nice is if you could have a little screen or a thought bubble or something that carried there, and instead of having to tell someone and explain a thought or whatever, they could just see what you were thinking right there. Oh, and then that, after about two seconds, I went, that is a terrible, <laughs> terrible idea. But that's what this reminded me of was that old okay. feeling. I was like, if you had something that could sense the I, feelings and thoughts of everything, like you, you better be 100% honest with everything and know because everyone's going to know anyway. Uh, 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 well, and would, you just yeah, imagine how, how busy and cluttered your brain would get. I'd like, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I don't want to read minds ever because having everybody's thoughts in my head all the time would probably make me go crazy. Uh, this is a weird discussion. I know. This, this got weird. We, this we <laughs> admittedly we have like what 30 pages something like that yeah, exactly. no, that's what i was gonna say is that uh, this is it's a uh, very appropriately titled uh, a sixth of the dusk discussion because yeah there's just not a ton to talk about um we can although, talk about oh sorry no want... what do you want to talk about Ken? i want to talk about you have the... never brought this many bullet points to an episode I'm, before i'm so happy i am <gasps> just tickled well usually you guys get to them before i can bring them up so i just sit there going Check. good point Check. you know <laughs> I, I love the visuals of 
of the power that uh, which which bird gives him? Um, I think it's I think it's Sack that gives Sack. him the vision Sack. the yeah. visions to see potential threats of his own corpse everywhere and just the visuals, especially the visual nightmare. Once that machine is turned on, or or once the machine activates because they didn't turn it on, but once the machine yeah. activates and all the birds go nuts and he's just got corpses everywhere. And I would like to know a little like, bit more about that power because at one point he jumps over the vision of his dead body and i'm like whoa is this that like could he touch it is this something that you can actually yeah you don't just run through them you're, they're yeah. actually corporeal i don't know i did wonder the same thing but yeah. I, don't, I don't have an answer for you that's well that's the whole thing about this story isn't it yeah. a lot of really cool things and interesting things to pull out and then and you go so what does that tell us so let me let me ask this uh, this might have been better as a closing piece or whatever would you be interested if Brandon actually took the time to write more about this world or this sort of story? Like, take it and actually do a fully fleshed out story. Would you want to come back to this world? Based on what we've read so far, my answer to that would be, I'm not that interested yet in the world itself, uh, for, its, for itself. However, I would be really, really interested if he talked about uh, the interaction with the ones above from the viewpoint of the people on this world. Mm -hmm. So I could see it going where he gets to era, Mistborn era, I think it's going to be four, four when four. they are space traveling, and he goes all the way to Mistborn era four, and then you follow them to this planet mm -hmm. and go through the interactions there. I hope he doesn't wait that long. I hope he writes a book where these people are interacting with the Skadrians. Skadrians? Skadrians? I don't know. Uh, sooner than that. And so, mm -hmm. I, does that make sense? Yeah. Like, uh, for a self-contained world, I'm sure he could make it cool enough for me to care. I don't care yet, but I am very interested in that relationship. I would be interested if he were to show it from multiple characters' points of view. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would want to read a thousand pages of Dusk's point of view necessarily. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got tired. But, um, but I would like to, because we, basically, all we know is the is the trapper's life and his life, and we don't get any outside context um, about like what the other, I mean, I guess that's kind of the point, but we don't have any idea of what life is on for the, what is it called, the main island? The big mm. island or whatever? It's called Patchy. It's the No, 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 not island. that. Oh, oh but you're like, talking about the mainland. Yeah, the people who are quote unquote civilized. You're right. Um, right. So I'd kind of, I'd like a little bit of different context to bring a little bit more, mm -hmm. fill out the story a little bit more. Well, he goes, he goes into the, uh, into the fort, into the thing. So, I mean, you know, now Tarzan's going yeah. back to civilization. Maybe we can have that in. It's Pokemon it's too. Return to the... But it would be <laughs> really, really nice to have Vathy. Return to the mainland. Brandon Sanderson is so good at writing women most of the time, and they all feel like very distinct characters from each other. Um, Shalon and Chrysala from White Sand have a lot in common but they don't, I like reading about them, I don't feel like they're the same person. No, but no, Vathi, no, no. I'm like, I feel like you're just a retread of several other characters. I just, I don't know who you are and I don't care about you. And I also find you annoying. Yeah, yeah sure. She didn't I, really serve. Her purpose was to basically inf inform us that there are other civil, there's more civilization out there and to force Dusk forward. Like, yeah, not, she's not even really a, a full, um, Dang it, I got the wrong word in my head. What is it, the driving force, your plot driver? Protagonist? She's not a... No. Pro uh, protagonist? No, not person. <laughs> it's In a movie, it's it's the it's the MacGuffin? golden case from Pulp Fiction. MacGuffin. MacGuffin, thank you. She's not even a decent uh, MacGuffin. She's not a full MacGuffin. I kept going homunculus, and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I don't know why. Well, I know exactly why homunculus is in my head, but that's, that's the only word I could get to come up right now, is homunculus. That's, Pretty much... Yeah. Pretty much all of our listeners are kind of in agreement. They want to see more, a uh, longer, a longer novella or second novella, something. They want to, they want to know more about this world. And personally, I want to know more about it too. I mean, I, I, I'll excuse the the woman for now, just as a fact that this was a writing, yeah, you know, example. And I, uh, you know, it's, it's easy enough to pass that off. Right, and I, for I, I forgive reason, the, but... I forgive the, not really, three dimensional woman because it is coming from Dusk's point of view, and that's. He's not thinking of her in that way and not looking to get to know her. And so we don't really get to know her in a lot of ways. Want, want some uh, larger Cosmere tie-ins? That's, sure. yeah. That's Jared, 
Jared Gibbs on uh, on our thread, he points out that Sack's power is similar to Alimantic Electrum, seeing one's future. Mm-hmm. He also points out that the other birds are in some way uh, similar to Alimantic Copper, clouding your clouding their yeah. psychic uh, uh, presence Readings. from yeah presence from uh, the animals. So here's here's the piece about the larger Cosmere tie-in that I would like to see. That I it, personally I don't know that it exists um, very much is when you go into Stormlight Archive and we're dealing with the ghost bloods or whatever, and the, you read that scene where he describes a shelf full of objects. There, This book was written early enough that we could have had something there that ties this world in there that you could be like, oh, a bird feather or something like that. I don't recall there being anything there, and there's nothing that's a strong enough tie that if Brandon did intend to say, like, yeah, this world, there's something there, like I, we're just not catching it. I'm not catching it. Yeah. Um, so if it's out there, someone please feel free to shout at me and tell me what it is. Um, but I would love to see if this world is going to play a, a larger role, which I don't honestly think that it will. It's going to be a mining colony for the space Skadrians. Space Skadrians. Space Skadrians. I'm going to go with. Um, I like that. The ones above are space Skadrians. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to be a mining colony of investiture for this group. Um, Somebody put that on the 17th chart and let them know that we coined it. <laughs> yes. I'm sure it's already been done. We're, well, we're not terribly at, original. At that point in the um, Mistborn series, already the powers from um, the original series to the Wax and Wayne ones, the, the investor and the powers involved have been diluted a lot. And so you just kind of wonder if it is Skadriel that is that are the ones above, um, and it's, I don't know, 300, 1,000 years later, will they have any power left? And so I could see why they would be motivated to go that's, and to find that. Because that's they why have they're all the investiture miners, because they're out, of, yes. they're out of investiture, and they had to take the stars to mine some more. Some more, not some ore. <laughs> Which you. I guess that, too, <laughs> since they get the power from some Some investiture. Yes. Oh, there you no. go. We, I really <laughs> want to. I really want to slap no. you right now. I, I feel like you're the, the closest curse is blending one. Go words. For it. There's a microphone in the way. Come on, <laughs> that was awesome. I, you are clever. You are a clever. Yeah. You are a clever girl. Uh, way to go. <laughs> I win all the games. Okay, so before we go on, I do want to just remind everybody because I I'm sure we've had a few people join up. Uh, I want to remind you to go into the YouTube, con- or not the comments, the description, and go to that GoFundMe link and uh, donate there to um, kids in Chicago who need books. I like books. I like Chicago. You like books. I support kids reading. You like books. I like Chicago. And Chicago is all right. Chicago, so. That was the coldest, the coldest I've ever been in my life was in Chicago. Uh, I'll tell you about that in a second. But so I, they I, really I will need say, books to read while they're inside. Let's go to that description on the the YouTube video. And the person who um, donates the most during our hour will uh, will win a coin, a coin that we discussed at the beginning of this episode. From Era 1. From what? From Era 1 of Mistborn. Oh, yeah. I think it's from Era 1. I'm, I'm not entirely sure on that. They're going to be really pissed when a nickel shows up in their mail. <laughs> <laughs> I meant era one of the United States. States yeah. Um, uh. No, I, so the coldest I've ever been in my life was in Chicago. I ran a 5K uh, on New Year's Day on the shore of Lake Michigan in Chicago. I cannot tell you how cold that was. You don't have to. And the thing is, so I'm from Utah, and it gets wicked, wicked cold here. However quite dry it's a dry cold it's a dry cold it's not that bad you shore lake michigan it's a different beast right and so i show up and there's a whole just a mess of people running this 5k and they're all in their their like leggings and their hats and all this stuff and i show up literally shorts and a t-shirt i'm like yeah let's run a 5k i'll warm up as i go uh, <laughs> that was a big I, mistake i can see this working anyway uh yeah that was also the last time i ever ran <laughs> coincidentally so but if you were being out. chased by a death maw you would run death maw that's what they're called yes, they are i was thinking those big bird things for yeah. our longtime listeners if you ever wanted to know why craig's heart is so cold we now have the origin story chicago <laughs> that's my lungs i wondered <laughs> um i did find it interesting speaking of the death maws that they i mean they have the really cool action sequence with it but it happens right after um, 
Dusk gives Vathy the um, feather and tells him or tells her, you know, this is your mistake and you need to always remember this. If it's too easy, mm. it's unsafe and you're in danger. Right. Um, which ends up being really important. But then he has this whole mental monologue where he's like, why did I do that? That's so personal and all this stuff. And he's feeling so vulnerable. And all of a sudden the death moth shows up. I'm like, that's, whoa, of all the, it's like at the end of Alien where I'm not going to spoil Alien, but. It's 30 years old. It's, I know. Oh, okay. I Almost 40 true. years old. Yeah. But you I know, just when you think it. you're safe. I just safe. watched it for the first time all the way through last year. Yeah. It but it's, I always find it interesting that it's what, it's at her most vulnerable moment that yeah. it shows up again. Like, ah! and I apologize. If we you don't have time seen for it. character development and, and further. <laughs> Quick, send in the death maw. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you one uh, Chekhov's gun that I really wish had been pulled off the shelf was the shadow creature under the water. Yes. At the first part of the book. I was really sad that none of those ever really showed up. She mentions That's trying to true. shoot There's one. There's like a but... dead one on the beach when they get to the fort at the end. I don't yeah. remember that. Okay. Well, anyway, night oh, I wonder if that was the one it. that she was like, I tried to shoot one and it didn't work. It was it was a night maw, not a death maw. I thought I got that wrong. Night maw? Uh, yeah. Is now we all I like just idiots. perpetuated it. Oh, well. How dare I? Trust, For me, the first to, time. trust me to bring something to the table. So, <laughs> uh, okay. Just delete the rest of your bullet points. I, I've got maybe a couple of the things that I want to talk about, but I want to kick it to you guys as well, uh, or the people mm -hmm. on YouTube. What do you guys want to talk about? They all pull out their phones like, yeah. oh, shh, I got to gotta pull up something quick. quick. Look, look smart. <laughs> look for a keyword. Look for a keyword. <laughs> I think it's interesting how how uh, Dusk refers to the islands. Um, it's probably part of their, I don't know, primitive-ish culture where he, ref he thinks about, it's like he's praying to Patchy all the time. And he thinks of this as a very living and vibrant being. You're trying to kill me, father. We're trying so hard to protect you and you're the we're the ones you want to kill the most and he at the very beginning refers to this set of islands um as the pantheon which i looked up the word because i felt like that was probably significant Good and job. it does mean it's a group of gods yeah and so they refer to these islands at, and so i guess to the trappers it is their gods but i just thought that was cool our, our greek, an, an our greek is a little rusty on the legendary uh, do you want me to look it up no i'm just up. saying pantheon <laughs> anyway yep uh okay uh, oh, I wanted to talk about the ending and uh, ask you guys if you liked the ending because this is the most common complaint that I'm seeing is everybody hates the ending. Which part of the ending? The ending. The, the ending. ending it, where he... it lasts a page, Ken. It's the ending. Well, the the reason I ask which ending is because that was one of the complaints on the their little breakdown. It felt like there were like several endings. Where, you know, you had the Night Maw that they fought and that was the ending. And then they go to the the, the camp, lake. you know. The, oh, the camp. The yeah, camp, okay. and find the machine, and then he leaves, and that's the ending. And then she shows back up, and then he goes into the to the camp fort. But that is the whatever. way Brandon ends almost every book, where you think it's the end, and it turns out there's a bigger problem. And then in the next book, they describe it. So that's. So you're saying there's going to be a next book? I'm saying I hope there is. I do too. Eventually. Yeah. I I didn't mind it. Um, I, I thought it was interesting how the ending tied together his, uh, his lack of civility for lack of a better term. I mean, cause he's this, this naturalist trapper guy who he doesn't know how to describe. He just sees the machine and, and says, you know, danger, danger, but he doesn't know how to say it. So he says it's death ants. Yeah. You know? And they're like, well, what are you talking about? This machine's going to kill us all, basically, is, is what he's saying. And, and I think it's interesting. I thought it was um, the, the inner conflict was was interesting. I, I, that lasted a little bit. Well, and he me, very quickly but... realizes what the real um, threat is, that it is the ones above. Yeah. And that it's this. Sh and he immediately, Vathy um, shows up and says, oh, my gosh, I think you're right. I think that they are trying to make it this too easy. And this is a problem. And. Dusk thinks, well, it's the trappers that are going to say. And so he like immediately realizes, okay, I've kind of just been a part of the islands and I've been preserving this, but I actually need now to go and have a larger purpose and preserve our whole world somehow. Yeah, even though it. I don't want to step into this or yeah. step out of this. There's you know, no one else. I would be, be very down. interested uh, because th this is their interpretation of it. But I, I was not 
100% convinced that it was the correct interpretation of what the machine was doing and what the presumed Skadrialinans were doing. Um, I, I wasn't convinced of that. It could be a trap, but it would be very interesting to me for people who, assuming they're from that world uh, and that their philosophy was passed down to them by Harmony, and somebody on the thread was like, it doesn't make a lot of sense that Harmony would be directing their space program. You know, no, it doesn't. However, he would be teaching certain people. You know, he appears to wax and, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. people are learning from him, right? So he could simply pass along some of his core philosophy to them. Sure. Anyway, it would be very interesting for me to see a people who picked that up, this policy of non-intervention and held on to that, simultaneously be people who were devious and uh, antagonistic enough to victimize an entire planet with a trap like this right remind me what the, the shards are on schedule um it's uh it's um ruin ruin and, ruin preservation. and, preservation. Ruin and preservation yeah okay that makes actual perfect sense with and what you just said they're combined into harmony yeah scott on the thread points yeah. out similar to what you were saying well, along the lines of what you're saying, it'll be interesting to see if the sci-fi era, in the sci-fi era, if the conflict between Harmony and Odium is still going on, where it is, is it resolved, is it still occurring? If it's resolved and Harmony's no longer directing traffic, maybe, you know, the space scadrians are are uh, taking old... Can we call them Skadrialians? Skadrialians. Skadrialians. <laughs> no? Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. That's what these people should call them. I mean, we're like at the end of the podcast, but still. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of which, we are coming up on the end. Uh, <laughs> I, I've exhausted, I think, all the things that I wanted to talk about with Sixth of the Dusk. Unless we want to talk about... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> unless we want to talk about some other kind of uh, general Cosmere stuff and how this story fits in and all that. The guys, several people have uh, asked again, you know, was Hoyd in this? They didn't think it was. I think we uh, established that it was Sack, right? Sack was Hoyd. <laughs> Yes, that's what yes. we're going with. Sack was Hoyd. Uh, or, or those and, and, little... What, what were the as little... Megan coined it, the, we're calling him Hoyd Sack. Hoyd Sack. I think that was me. I, that was crazy. Oh, she accidentally I, I coined it. I, that's right. What were the, sure that's uh, not what I said. What were the little, uh, the little uh, mouse things called? Meekers? Meekers, yeah. <laughs> uh, I could see Maybe Hoyd the being in this story kind of uh, in the background as like... Uh, he was on the expedition that Vathy was on as they were going around to the far side of the island. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody got scattered to the wind, and he was like, oh, that's my cue. I'll take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe something like that. I I didn't see a lot of possibility for Hoyd well, in this story, though. I don't think that there's a whole lot of merit to having him make a large piece, a large appearance in this. The worlds that have the largest influence on the shards and dealing with odium and everything are where hoyd is generally speaking he is the most prevalent uh when we're dealing with roshar um skadriel places like that where where you've had the largest events regarding shards that tends to be where he will actually intervene on a higher level this is a minor this is a minor world that we don't actually believe even has a shard it's just a splinter so right why would he waste his time there unless there was something very important there yeah so I, I don't think that Brandon bothered to be like, okay, well, I got to add Hoyt in this one. <laughs> He's in every other one. He's got to be in this one. I think this is one where he was just like, I'm just going to write this story. And if I need to put Hoyt in there, I'll retcon it later. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And, uh, and he can thank me later for how he retcons Hoyt into the story. There you go. Uh, cool. You guys, okay. we are just a few minutes out from the end, so we'd better call it unless anybody has a final thought of 60 seconds or less. I would say go find Shadows Beneath, read, uh, read, read the first, you know, iteration of this story and and stuff, and and see, just see how the changes are. Not not for any reason, you know, that's that's Cosmere related or anything. It's just neat, like little things. Like he changes, uh, changes sixth of the dusk's name in this. Originally, his name was sixth, and that's what they were calling him instead of dusk. Instead of dusk. And decided it was just too hard to say sixth all the time. So yeah. they changed it to dusk. That and dusk was the more important part of his name to the narrative than sixth. And you actually catch it in the book. She calls him sixth that the very when she first meets him, it's like, Your name is sixth. 
And then through the rest of the book, she calls him Dusk. Because he hmm. changed it. It's like, whoa. That's neat. Uh, yeah, Something you catch that. later. So. Which Ken. is funny because he's so irritated with, by her. Ken with the name. tidbits. I know. Are oh, you kidding awesome. me right now? Way to go, Ken. Who are you and what have you done with Ken? I love yeah. it. It's because we're recording in the daytime. <laughs> the daytime of the night. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, oh, oh, yeah, go ahead, I Megan. can stop. Nope. Uh, Please don't. I enjoyed this little tidbit. It's just Brandon making a comment on our social structure, I think. Uh, Bathy says, oh, no. Never mind. There have been female trappers. One. One female trapper, Ya'alani the Brave. I've heard her story a hundred times. You may find it curious to know that almost every society has its myth of the female role reversal. She goes to war dressed as a man or leads her father's armies into battle or traps on an island. I am convinced that such stories exist so that parents can tell their daughters, you are not Ya'alani. That that section just cracks me up because most of the time parents will tell those stories to be like, you could be Ya'alani. Go achieve your dreams. Go be amazing. You could do this. And no, instead, in this in in this story, this is something that parents tell their kids so they can be like, and that's not you. So stay home. <laughs> and my favorite part, he turns around and says, man, she talks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody ever says that about me. Uh, okay. Let's call it, you guys. We are going to wrap this up and... Uh, I will just remind everybody patreon.com slash legendarium is where you can go support this show and uh, the legendarium.reddit.com is where you can go join the conversation with us. We will po post this episode uh, on Reddit come Monday, I believe. And so you will be able to join that conversation there uh, and spew forth all of your dusky wisdom uh, on that thread. Hey, shut up. It worked. <laughs> It was great. Yeah, it was great. Thumbs up. Look, I'm I'm very, very skilled at this hosty thing. That's not true. Hostastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm hostastic. Hey, yeah. he's the You're host. You're invited with back. the most. So uh, and then I'll also just mention to people on the YouTube channel, don't go anywhere. The th the feed may cut uh, for just a moment while it switches over, but don't go anywhere. There is some very, very fun stuff planned for the rest of the day. And uh, I think I'm good. So we'll see everybody on the Legendarium again in one week as we discuss Knife of Dreams. Knife of Dreams no. discussion yeah, number two. two. Yep. So we'll see you in a week. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Don't forget to hit up that description in the YouTube video and go to the GoFundMe page. Get that coin and go give some kids some books because, quite frankly, books are what make the legendary impossible and that's the most important thing i know if i were to get one of those coins i would just start throwing it at people just like <laughs> just like <laughs> push, push off push <laughs> now give it back pull pull come I would, on come on i would pull. try to jump into the air with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right everybody thanks thanks for watching thanks for listening and uh, and we'll see you next time <laughs>